Listeners, welcome back to another episode of Titanic Minute, your daily podcast where we discuss the movie Titanic minute by minute. I'm your co-host, Rob, and joined as always by my good friends, Joe and Duff. Hey! Less than 20 minutes to go. Yeah, we're getting there, guys. Um, you know, I, we forgot to talk we about this. Four, four weeks. We, we forgot to talk about this yesterday. Yeah! Happy uh, hour. There's a deleted scene that I missed. Our 28th deleted scene of the movie. Oh, when uh, was it? It's when the lifeboats are looking for people. And uh, so when Lo and the lifeboats going through the people, there's a moment where uh, when uh, they see a guy who's this Chinese guy who's sitting on a piece <laughs> of wood. And it's actually a door. And he answers the lifeboat call, so he was actually this apparently actually happened, but he was lucky enough to like stay balanced on a door and not get wet, which is why he stayed alive or not get that wet. And then uh, they went and they kind of bring him on the lifeboat and cover him up. I, it's fine; it got deleted because there's no reason to like. You know what I mean? Like it's no just like to yeah, save a Chinese person. No, no, no. It's just like we're kind of with Jack and Rose. It's sort of weird to be like, oh, here's one guy they got. You know, I think it makes it seem, even though we know Rose survives, it makes it later in this movie make it seem like, oh, God, are they going to get, are they, are they going to find anyone? You know? Um, so that's the 20th lead scene. It's pretty sure. We short. get a recap from old Rose anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, uh, this this minute starts with uh, Rose uh, laying on the door, looking up at the sky, um, singing everyone's favorite song, "Josephine yes. the Flying Machine." Yes, come mm-hmm. Josephine yep. and my Absolutely. flying as machine. As you do, as you do. So, okay, here's a question for you guys. We've talked about "Don't Let Go" and all these famous things. Um, for how huge this movie is, and how many times people saw this and saw this over and over again, I feel like the "Come Josephine" and my flying machine stuff is like a thread that James Cameron really cared about, and no one else does. Well, it might have been better if he hadn't cut out the original scene where it originated. <laughs> originated. Yeah, well, when they sing it together on that. I need a thesaurus, but you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like you know, because you're right. I think that does make a difference because it, you know, they talk about it and they sing the song together. But otherwise, we have her like sing this during their "I'm Flying" stuff. He and sings then, it to her during yeah, the "I'm he, Flying" scene. That's right. He sings it to her, and then she's laying here and singing it. And like, I didn't know what she was. I never knew what she was, what he was singing, I, or what she was singing here. I, just I had mean, no it, clue. It, it it's not super confusing but it definitely loses a lot of its impact when you cut out the scene it originates from it would be like in it's a wonderful life if you cut out the origination of the scene where they sing buffalo gals yeah yeah and then and then that's a motif through the rest of the movie like you can't have a motif if you cut out kind of the most important scene yeah yeah uh, that's a that's a great that's a great analogy on that and and i just it's just so strange cuz like i've never maybe you know we're not we're not the Titanics of the world necessarily but like <laughs> i feel like it'd be a thing that people would have talked about a lot and it's just like 
you know, because it's in, it's in the two like most iconic sequences potentially in this movie. And like in my head, I was just like, oh, she sings some like she's like. I just thought I mean, this it, is just it, hypothermia making her go crazy and singing some, like songs <laughs> from her childhood. I mean, it still it still makes sense because he did, you know, he kind of jokingly sang it to her when they were flying, and uh, I did in the commentary. It was the most popular song of 1911, so it yeah. was kind of well. I, I guess that's what I'm admitting. I didn't realize the song he sang during I'm Flying is the same song she's singing on this board, on this door. And maybe I'm maybe this is me being dumb again, but I didn't know that. Mm. I just thought this was her just, like, cold. <laughs> I thought it was pretty obvious it was the same song. Joe? <laughs> Joe? Joe, what do you think? I'm staying out of it. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't pay as close attention to this movie as you guys do. I'm just here to criticize you, Rob. Okay. okay. Well, I, people people online, tell us who you agree with. Let us know. I, I will say uh, this is getting, like, really... It's, I, okay, actually, my, my answer to that is, like, the scene is so sad that, like, I, I kind of, like, didn't even think too much about what she was humming or singing. I was just like, yeah, oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and Which I, is actually probably why it works and no one ever, like, talks about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Because I, uh, I honestly, till you guys started talking about it, I didn't honestly didn't think about it. Okay, and I watched that um, minute like four times. So, yeah, Can I, this is sort of getting really into weeds, but I think it's worth talking about. Uh, on second fifty-four of this minute, we have the guy with the whistle. It looks like the way I don't know what it, he's holding on to, but it almost looks like in the way this is shot and the light hits it that he's holding on to a laptop. <laughs> Like, what? if you look at it... This would be you. No, I know. If you look at it, Joe, make sure this is a screenshot. It looks like... I already, I already did the screenshot, so go, go It looks yourself. like... <laughs> it looks like he's holding on to a laptop, and it's the keyboard you're seeing, and he's just holding on to the top of the of the screen. Someone is wrong on the internet. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah. I'll be, I'll be to bed in a second. Yes. Yeah, so let them know. It, <laughs> It just looks so much like it when I watch this like over and over again for this minute. I'm like, is he holding on to an old compact? Like, what happened? What's <laughs> happening here? Um, the guy holding the flashlight, or the guy in the rear the, of the boat? The guy, no, after the boat, the guy who's holding on the light, and you see the guy with the whistle in the foreground, and he's holding on to a chair. But it looks like at like second fifty four that it's a keyboard. It's like a laptop that's opened up, and he's holding on to the screen. And his like arm is resting on the keyboard. Wow, amazing! Do you see it? <laughs> uh, no, but it's just like the way your brain works is really a one a wonder. Not wonderful. <laughs> it just is a wonder. Well, I will uh, I will make sure to to that our, our listeners can see what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, it just like it's weird. It's, it's there, buddy. No, make, I some, di- make some diagrams. Yes. Yeah, another diagram. What did I make a diagram for? The stupid two-car thing. Oh, the two-car thing. That's right. Um, oh, man. Uh, so she sees the lifeboat. Rose sees the lifeboat and tries She's to wake up Jack. She's tripping balls, man. Yes. <laughs> it does seem dreamy, right? I mean, it, it, there was this moment where we are like, is this happening? Uh, yeah, being near death will do that. And yeah. she, she tries to wake up Jack and... Uh, Tune in next week to find out if he wakes up. I think things will be okay. 
guys, I do, I do. B- before we get to the sea monster, I know that's what everyone wants. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I know, I know what our listeners want. Uh, I do have some hypothermia facts. Um, this is a story. We, you sort of, we had a lot of questions about if you can survive. So I found uh, in Norway. Uh, there's some scientists that are working on this, and they have a survival story I want to tell. Uh, Anna Bagenholm was a medical doctor, and she lost control of her skis on a mountain ski tour in 1999. At 6.20 p.m., remember that time, 6.20 p.m., she fell through the ice on a river headfirst. When her companions found her, they saw just her skis and legs. The rest of her body was locked in the grip of the icy river. She was lucky in a few ways. Doesn't sound like it, but she was in that she, <laughs> she landed on her back under the ice and was conscious long enough to find an air pocket. But she was unconscious for 40 minutes before her heart stopped. But her Jeez. core temperature was so low uh, at that point that her body's oxygen demand was greatly reduced. Finally, after 80 minutes, her ski companions managed to chop her out of the ice. Because she's a doctor, all her friends were doctors, and they immediately started CPR. Her core body temperature was measured at 13.7 degrees Celsius. Jesus. Um, so let me see what that is in uh, Fahrenheit to get an idea. That would be uh, 56 degrees Fahrenheit. She showed no signs of life. She was pale, wet, and ice cold, and her pupils were dilated. So much like we see you know, people here. Uh, the doctors continued CPR while they warmed her up. And her heart started beating on its own again at 10.15 p.m. She's totally fine. So she is dead for four plus hours? Essentially, yeah. Just under four hours between when she fell on the ice and when she, her heart started breathing again, beating again. So, like, you know, probably three hours, I guess. Maybe more or less. But is that crazy? Because that's so hypothermia facts, guys. It's a crazy story. I All right. Wonder, did she go the upside down world? Yes, I don't know. Um, she was holding onto her laptop under the ice. Ah! <laughs> um, she blocked. She put it on. Put the experience on Reddit. Yep. You could read. Ask all me about anything. It. I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you guys have anything else on this minute before we get to see monsters? Oh, this minute's uh, sad. Did, did Rob? Do you hear something? What's that? <gasps> Monster facts. I, I, <laughs> Last week, we went about as big as you can get with the sea monster. We went with the Leviathan. And you read from the Satanic Bible I, as well. I may or may not have summoned the power of the Dark Underlord. <laughs> I hope you will. I hope you'll repeat that as my officiant. Sea monsters come in all sizes. So today, guys, we're talking parasites. Oh, parasites are gross. They are, Rob. They are. So I, I thought of this because I saw uh, kind of the intro of this is I saw a story online uh, that a bunch of people in Florida got a case of sea lice. <laughs> and What's sea lice, the difference between sea lice and regular lice? Good question. Uh, sea lice are actually tiny jellyfish larvae. And what? Yeah. Uh, Right now, they they are typically appearing on the Gulf Coast. This is an article specific to Florida, but they're between they're on the Florida shores between March and August with varying degrees of severity, 
to avoid the sea lice, it's best to wear less clothes because the larvae get caught in one-piece bathing suits or t-shirts. So I'm in trouble at the beach. Oh, tough. Yeah, no big deal. I wear a two-piece. They recommend that women wear two-piece bathing suits and everyone should... I also recommend that. (laughs) And... Uh, everyone should avoid going in the water in a t-shirt. Just ladies and b- men, cover up your baby face knees. <laughs> yep. That's all I ask. So, get, uh, we don't, that, this is not really the, the sea monster of the week, but it causes a kind of unsightly rash. So, so that's how I got on this, because I saw this about sea lice. So I started wondering what other creepy crawlies are there in the sea? So I hope you guys are ready for uh, Samotha Exugua, or its more common name, the tongue-eating louse. Oh, <gasps> my God. The tongue-eating oh louse. So, I just shrieked and my dogs are barking now. <laughs> <laughs> so the tongue-eating louse is a parasite that enters fish through the gills, and then it attaches itself to the fish's tongue. The female attaches to the tongue, and the male attaches on the gill arches beneath and behind the female. So the female goes for the tongue. And it severs the blood vessels in the fish's tongue, causing the tongue to fall off. Oh, no. So are are you guys ready for this? It then attaches itself to the stub of what was once its tongue and becomes the fish's new tongue. What? And that's not real. This is very real. That's not real. Come on. Uh, I'm going to send you the pics. No, I don't want to uh, see it. I'm clicking right now. So, the oh. good news. Freebase? Oh, What's little, happening oh, here? Oh, my God. It's like train spotting. Yeah. <laughs> so, the fish can. They say that the fish can actually go on living and it might have reduced blood flow, but there's actually been cases where the fish just keeps on going with this new parasite on its tongue. As its tongue, I guess. When a host fish dies, it will detach itself from the tongue stub after some time, leave the fish, (laughs) leave the fish's mouth cavity, and can then be seen clinging to its head or body externally. It is not fully known what happens to the parasite in the wild, and it is the only known case of a parasite assumed to be functional to functionally replacing a host organ. Wow. Oh, dear. What happens to the fish after its tongue nub falls off? Or, like, the parasite goes The fish goes, goes on living. The fish Just without a tongue? Yeah. I, hmm. I mean, this is about as far as I got with it. So, is, this one of those, is this one of those parasites that, like, if you go somewhere and you pee in the water, they go in your pee hole? Is this one of those? <laughs> <laughs> Rob, what? Rob, Rob, did you crib my notes? What? No, because, I didn't. I know there oh, are pee holes. Oh, come on. No. Because my no. my second monster of the week, uh, my second parasite, I was going to say, well, at least there's no way that this uh, monster can affect people, but I'm going to introduce you P-hole. to a new monster, a second, I guess the third monster, but really, for our purposes, the second. So this little guy doesn't look like too much no. trouble. Looks this like you've v- been fighting Nemo. This is the vampire fish. Oh, no. Uh, It's a parasitic freshwater catfish uh, in the Amazon basin. So a little bit of history. 
uh, German biologist C.F.P. von Martius in 1829 never actually observed, but was told about the native people in the area saying that men would tie a ligature around their penis while going into the river <laughs> to prevent <laughs> this fish from going up their urethra. Oh my god. Oh my god. Other sources suggest that other tribes in the area used various forms of protective coverings for their genitals while bathing. Uh, to protect from this, although they are also protecting from piranha. Uh, some people surmise that the fish was attracted by the smell of urine, but that's kind of been debunked. Uh, in 1836, Edward Popig uh, documented a statement by a physician in Para who said he had an eyewitness account of a case where the vampire fish had entered a human orifice. It was lodged in a native woman's vagina rather than the male urethra. He says the fish was extracted after external and internal application of the juice from a exgua plant. X-A-G-U-A. Another account was documented by a biologist who examined a man and several boys whose penises had been amputated. He believed this was a remedy performed because of paratism, uh, parasitism by the vampire fish. That's but no was, remedy. But he, he, was <laughs> merely, he was merely speculating as he did not speak his patient's language. Remedy uh, is like, like gargling salt water or something. <laughs> like, not cutting yeah. your penis off. So some of it is that, you know, it's just a lot of like Western doctors go into the jungle and they don't they don't know for sure but there there is uh a documented case of the vampire fish in 1997 entering the human urethra that happened in brazil uh god the man jumped into the water uh and uh he urinated while thigh deep in a river he underwent (laughs) who does that he underwent a two-hour urological survey to remove the fish from his body there's a book about it you can read um this is uh kandiru which is the uh, native name life and legend of the blood-sucking catfishes he claimed the fish had darted out of the water up the urine stream and into his urethra gross the fish was 133 millimeters in length and had a head with a diameter of 11.5 millimeter this would have required significant force to pry the urethra open to this extent. Oh, oh man. Uh, the, the vampire fish has no appendages or other apparatus that would have been necessary to accomplish this. And if it were leaping out of the water, as the patient claimed, it would not have had sufficient leverage to force its way inside. So <laughs> there's, still, there's still even some hearsay amongst uh, this documented case. Uh this doctor claimed he had to snip the fish's grasping spikes off in order to extract it, yet the specimen provided had all its spikes intact. Guys, I think this guy put this fish in his dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, the that's our sea monster. A couple sea monsters for this week. Those are gross. That's terrifying. I would. That's why I don't go anywhere. I'm not going anywhere where if I pee in the water, <laughs> you don't go anywhere. <laughs> something crawls in me. No way. Well, just <laughs> be like those tribes and just uh, tie off your you dick. Tie it off, man. Tie it off. I do that water. whenever I leave town. I tie it off. <laughs> I, basically, before I leave the house, I yep. put a Ziploc bag over myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> especially, <laughs> especially on a long flight. Yes. Yep. Um. 
Wow. Well, guys, that's been educational. Um, go to titanicminute.com slash newsletter. And you we can are sign running up. low on episodes, gang. We are. Sign up for a newsletter. Left. 20 left. Only uh, four weeks. Only four uh, sea monsters. Four. four well, not four. Are we going to have a sea monster on our last episode? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I think we should. Oh, man. I, I Okay, I'm going to say this. Duff, mm-hmm. I want the most destructive sea monster there is for the last one to end the show. Destruct it. Mm, destructive. All right. Okay. Yeah, well, destroy, the, destroy the show with sea, our... Sea monster is going to bring the house down. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, sign up for titanicminute.com slash newsletter. You get the sinking feeling newsletter that caroline writes every week it is awesome she oh, often boy. has guests on absolutely she gets, fantastic she gets to research uh fish flying up dicks yep <laughs> yep and uh you could uh what else could you do oh you could uh give us a five-star review in itunes those are nice and then come see us on september 2nd in madison at uh our live party slash rap show i think i combined those Drink correctly. Drink twelve to eighteen beers with us. Yes, because that helps pay for the room. Titanicminute.com/event for that, guys. I think we're good, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. We'll be back next week with a whole new week. Mm-hmm.